Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio, and your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. Tonight, we celebrate new releases as both our artists have brand new tunes to talk about. Leading off the show tonight, it's Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys and their track, CC Rider. Shining bright. See, 
That was C.C. Ryder by Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys. This eight-piece group of Southern Ohioans has been traveling Appalachia playing their mix of blues and Americana and just released their latest CD, Camden Park Queen. Let's learn more. Today, we got a great, great group on the line here. We are talking to the one, the only Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys joining me today. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, Thank you. I have every show start off by having us introduce themselves, or our bands introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Okay. I'll go first, I guess. Um, my name is Ted, Ted Harris. I'm living in Athens, Ohio right now. And I um, play jazz in Athens also. And um, I got Ted Harris Trio, and uh, I play clarinet, saxophone, and flute. And I'm playing saxophone and clarinet on the album. So I guess that sums that up. Yeah, I'm Dave Lavender, and uh, I'm from Franklin Furnace, Ohio, one of the few places in Ohio where you exit on the left. And uh, currently live in Huntington, West Virginia, just a stone's throw over the higher river there, where kind of Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia all come together. And it's over here, uh, here near Marshall University, where I met, uh, ran into uh, within a week of moving back here from outside Nashville, um, I ran into some of the members of Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys, and uh, they are definitely one of the funkiest, most eclectic uh, string bands uh, in Appalachia, and I'm super stoked to say I've been a part. I've been back here about 20 years, but uh, I've been a part of the band for about a dozen years, and uh, very excited that this is our first album that I've got to play on with uh Ted and the rest of our members, which we have eight members in our band. So eight it's a bunch. Members. Yeah. That new CD coming out, Camden Park Queens, they're available from our friends here at Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys. Um, so quick let's just get a quick introduction. Tell me about the the other members of the group real quick, just so they can get their uh, you know, just so we know who else is uh, involved in the project. Um, yeah, so we have uh, our lead singer is Bo or Big Rock, and that's Bo Musala, and her real name's Rainbow. And nice. she came here. She came here from New York uh, via some communes in Arkansas, and came here to West Virginia to live on a commune here in Wayne County. Met Eric Fout, who um, uh, went to college in Indiana, and then he came here to start a commune in Wayne County, West Virginia. And then, uh, then of course, Warren and uh, Warren Owings is a log cabin builder out in Lincoln County. He lives in community out there, and he met, of course, Ted. Uh, at Kent State, and I'll let Ted talk more about that. Then I'll tell you about the rest of the members. It's uh, uh, we got Chris Ted, and then Thomas Warner, and he lives here in uh, Huntington. He's a great horn player, a uh, music teacher, and we also have Alex Kendall, who uh, he was a stand-up drummer in a nationally traveling um, uh, rockabilly band called the Heptanes, and so he's a really hip cat. And so that kind of makes up the band. Then we were very lucky to get a, a really sweet guitar player named Mike Lazinga, and he's also over the Huntington Blues Society and, and in a nice band called Blues Crossing. So we have a big mishmash of band. I sort of equate it to like Vince Gill's uh, Time Jumpers down in Nashville, 
or they sort of just play at the station in and then all they all get their own gigs kind of going and we're sort of like that um you know ted's got word of mouth jazz band and everybody's got kind of their own stuff but we always play at black sheep burrito and brew here in huntington and get together and really mix it up with a wild uh, variety of styles and but we practice every week which is kind of fun so we keep it real tight but we keep it real funky and loose too yeah thanks dave <laughs> uh, not much. so ted one one thing i i had a question for you here what brought you to jazz and what brought you to playing the instruments that you play mentioning the clarinet saxophone and flute I, I, and just from the on the outside a lot of people i feel like they get excited they want to play the guitar or the drums or something like that but you know great saxophone players and, and great woodwinds and brass instruments i mean obviously woodwind instruments in, in, in these cases but what what drew you to those instruments clarinet was my first instrument that i started playing my little brother at the time brought home a clarinet and um, my parents got it for him the long story short and he lost interest and this is in the sixth grade and i kept on playing kept on playing and then i was in marching band and i saw that the saxophone was there and i was thinking that you know a lot of, a lot of the women like saxophone players <laughs> and that not work <laughs> and uh i always wanted to play the flute because i like to play the flute but it's a really i i found it a very difficult inter instrument to play and then i had an incident that happened to me in california um long story short and uh i was um in um with a friend who played flute and um i had got into a motorcycle accident and had to practice the flute for like weeks before i was able to get up and walk and walk away <laughs> oh wow and that's why i learned how to play the flute so and I love the I love the, the the flute too. I mean, it's a very expressive instrument. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> so you you would you, after the motorcycle accident when you were recovering, you just played the flute. Did I did I understand that that was how you recovered? Yeah, yeah. It was um um haha. <laughs> It was um, an incident where I, um, it was a freak accident. I ran to the back of a taxi cab and um, <laughs> went over the handlebars and I was like, um, unable to walk for a while. So I was bedridden and uh, it was just me and the flute. You I practiced flute. for about five minutes and tried to walk and I was stuck in the bed with just me and the flute for about a week. <laughs> Man. I mean, hey, so, that's that's that that's time to to practice, I guess. You know, and what no yeah, better time than then to yeah. to you know heal through not only uh, you know just uh, taking rest, but also uh, the power of music as well. Let's dive into the CD here, Camden Park Queen, I, and let, where where to give me the backstory behind this. And uh, is this? I was. It's a new CD. Is this your first CD? What's it like getting eight people in to record as well? Just tell me about the the creation of this uh, of this new CD. So the so the band before before I was in the band, uh, I, I actually uh, wrote about the band's first CD. It was recorded with uh, Jeff Bosley, uh, who was one of the sound engineers for Mountain Stage, and uh, Ted is on that record, and it's a really beautiful record. And um, so that had been about maybe a dozen years ago, and so um, we had been talking about ever since then, you know, about recording. And um, so kind of couple kind of like things happened that made us want to record. One is that we started really getting a lot of good original material 
and we started getting really tight as a band and had um, really just a great repertoire. And we started playing a lot more festivals, um, Chili Fest, uh, Home Square Summer Concert Series. And we also started playing quite a bit at Candom Park, which is sort of like our Coney Island is outside of Cincinnati. It's the same kind of era park as that in like uh, Cedar Point. And so uh, 1902 and one of the trolley uh, uh, car parks. And we, so we would play there every summer. And so I ended up writing a, a song about Cannon Park. And it's like, you would expect it to be like that kind of park. It, it's, it's, it's slightly dirty, a lot of double entendres, but, mm-hmm. but very uh, fun and frisky kind of, and, and, and really emblematic of what that park is all about. Just a really good time, you know? And so we thought, think we really captured the magic of the place and people really loved that song and really loved our originals. So we're like, man, we really need to get in to record. Two things happened. Um, Bo, our um, nurse Bo, she was getting ready to retire uh, as an RN. And she, anyway, she found out she had mouth cancer. And so we oh, were wow. like, this sort of expedited us thinking about wanting to record. And then our good buddy, James Barker, he's a still guitar player and guitar player for RCA Records, uh, recording artist, Tyler Childers. And um, anyway, James had just built a sweet studio and he had played with the band a bunch and had recorded, had, um, you know, ran sound for us before like a bike night at Buddy's here in Huntington. And so he was really, really stoked to get us in there sort of as guinea pigs in this new studio. And so we all got in there and it was kind of wild because we, we only had a couple of days to do it because um, the back at the time we were recording, um, James was getting ready uh uh, time was compressed and he was getting ready to go on the road. Uh, Tyler and the boys were all getting ready to go on the road with Sturgill Simpson for about six months. Mm-hmm. And so we had to get in there and really knock it out. And, you know, we're pretty tight. So we were able to do it. It, it was really fun. Ted can talk about what it was like making up a lot of the horn parts with Thomas uh, on the fly. It was really a beautiful thing to watch, to sit back and watch two real horn experts go at it. And it was really neat watching them create that in the studio. Thomas yeah. was a great, great, great musician. Thomas and I worked together for a number of years, and we have um, exchanged some really, really, really great ideas. And it's really, really nice to have not only working with Thomas in the studio, but also have the whole band in there cheering us on and and, and giving us some good, good, healthy, healthy critiques about what they thought was um, they liked. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I really feel that this band is a really healthy band because nobody is worried about saying how they feel about something, and most of the most of the the comments are positive. I mean, this is uh, this is one of the most positive bands I've been in in years, with some really positive comments, and it's nothing. Uh, I traveled to West Virginia to play with these guys for free because they're just great, great, great people, you know. So we saved up a bunch of money, and I, and and we did the CD. Mm-hmm. Um, we played gigs and didn't make a dime, and put put it all in the bank towards the CD. And, and Dave's got the account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're we're sort of. I would say, Paul, we're from the. Uh, you know, Michael Lipton, who runs the Mountain Stage Band and has the Carpenter Ants, one of his great quotes is, you know, we'll quit playing music when we run out of money. And <laughs> so, you know, with eight people, it's kind of like that. And so, but like Ted said, man, it's all about the vibe. And it's a really sweet vibe when we play. And I feel like for having eight people in the band, like we're really able to, um, you know, not step on each other's toes and really listen, you know, which is really important in a band. Definitely. And also kind of a, a really unique thing about the band, I think it's really awesome is that, 
everybody uh, sings is a lead singer. Nice. Even though Bo, Bo is our secret sauce. I mean, she's just a sweet, uh, smoky little blues singer. That's just a real powerhouse. Rainbow is amazing. And, you know, but the rest of us, you know, can take a whack at it. And we even let the drummer sing. So, you nice. know, maybe breaking some, um, you know, state law. But I don't know. We, we let them do it anyway. So. More from Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys next here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Another track from Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys lineup for you all. This one's the title track of their latest album, and it's called Camden Park Queen.
you knew it Our money we ran through it And the sun was sinking low She looked at me, said, baby Try no pop before we go She dipped and slathered mine in mustard Cause she's my cannon park queen Oh, she's my cannon park queen You know what I mean And I love her haunted high stream She's my cannonball queen And I love her big dipper screen She's my cannonball queen That was Camden Park Queen by Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys. You can hear that song and a whole lot more from Big Rock by checking out their latest album, Camden Park Queen, available now. Let's talk more right now. Hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta be a little, you gotta bend the rules a little bit. Why not? And that's a really cool. And it sounds like, you know, that just fully embodies the dynamic that you guys are going for. Like you just mentioned, everybody gets to sing healthy, positive comments. I mean, building that relationship is huge. And and doing that with eight people of of all different backgrounds and, and musical talents and skill levels and all that things. I mean, that's commendable. I mean, that's really, really awesome. And I'm, I'm sure it's going it, to, it comes off really, really well on uh, the, the album Camden Park Queen here by Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys here. I mean, it, it's, it's super great hearing these stories and, and hearing you guys come together. One of my questions is how do you take that big band festival sound and bring it into the studio? It, was that difficult to kind of like, hone everything in and being like, all right, you know, like you said, limited time, limited schedule. And uh, before I get two things, I hope everything is well with Bo as well. I didn't want to just brush over that. I hope wishing nothing but the best for, for, uh, for positive health and everything moving forward. But um, what was it like bringing that festival sound into the studio and kind of did it, was it a different approach uh, to, to that process? Hey Dave, um, um, say something real quick. Hey, Dave, um, maybe tell them a little bit about the farm. I really would like to, us to tell them about the farm and where we play at. And that is, I really think, is the essence of a lot of our festival feeling. We, we all, help me out, Dave. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so definitely. So, Eric, so Eric and Bo um, live out at a um, kind of a commune uh, south of Huntington called The Farm uh, near Beach Fork Lake. And uh, Ted and Warren have been going out there for, there for years, and Warren's built some log cabins out there. And so we, so we kind of are all really good friends. And I think that when you get us all into a studio, which, as you know, we've all been in different studio situations where things can be tense, and you know, you're in there burning the candle at both ends, and it's after midnight, and tempers are flaring, and you know, people can really show themselves. And you know, just because we've spent so much time together, and sort of have a sweet spirit that flows between us. You know, we really didn't have that. And so that, that was, we, we were able to, also because of James, um, he knew our vibe. And, you know, so he set us up pretty much live. And we wanted to capture that feel. You know, like I said, we wanted it to be, I, I love the description of, uh, Ted calls our band Farm Perfect. <laughs> and so, you know, and I'm sort of from the Jimmy Martin school. You know, Jimmy Martin always said, fellas, let's do it right the first time and the hell with the rest. And um, you know, so, so, so we tried to get it as close to our live vibe as possible, but then also, of course, 
making concessions for and and to make sure we collared in rightly with really great horn parts and, and things that were really methodically uh, thought out, even if they were fried up on the spot. I mean, Thomas and Ted were like true uh, 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 magicians in, in the studio, watching them watching them create that. And getting back to your one question about Bo, very, very, very happy to say that, you know, she's in remission and doing really, really well. She's uh, has been back up to, and we give a huge shout out to James Cancer Center in Ohio State. They've been incredible. And so she's back, you know, just as sassy and salty as ever. Um, you know, we, she hasn't been coming out to the farm because of COVID, but we have been going out the rest of the band about every two weeks and playing outdoors. And that has really been a great, I think, spiritually bonding experience and, and a great way during COVID to kind of keep our band together. And, um, you know, for a small crowd of people out there, really keep some live music going which has been really essential. It's been really, really tough time for our, all of our musician friends. And we have a lot of good friends who travel professionally or, and who are off the road. So it's been beautiful. Do anything, Ted, to keep live music going and, you know, be out there and, and it's Sunday morning and Ted's walking up the holler on the dirt road, uh, playing the flute. And you just hear it through the birds and the hills. It's a really incredible thing. You know, The same thing's happening here in Athens. You know, I'm sure there's, musicians who are left we all here at athens also have our little musicians musicians bubble mm -hmm, <laughs> little mm -hmm. bubble where musicians get together and play you know social distance and, and still play music is still going on here in athens you know um i'll be playing at the soul this evening soul restaurants having music every friday by the way dave so nice. um yeah so six until nine so there's awesome. one place that's playing where the musicians are playing outside. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, I'm, it's, yeah, you got to keep the music alive the best you can. It's, it's definitely been, been tough for, for so many people. And it just shows the power of music and the importance of music to, of, of keeping those spirits alive and keeping those, those hopes alive. And, and not only that for, for playing for the other people, but for yourselves as well. I'm sure performance is such a big part of, uh, of your guys' lives. I mean, for doing it for, for, for so long. What is it? What was it like to get back out and perform live first time after everything started shutting down? <laughs> well, I, I would say that um, you know it, there was a couple a couple times at the at, at those farms. We're doing about every other weekend, and uh, there's been a couple times, Paul, where you know we would start about six o'clock in the in the evening, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, and be and play play you know pretty much all the stuff on the album and just just full sets of uh, music for folks and then and then uh, we'll play more and more and take tiny break you know and play more and then go acoustic. Next thing you know, it's like three or four in the morning. So it's just this sort of like like everyone you know. There was I remember one night um, Michael Lazinga and Eric. Uh, Eric used to, uh, for years, have an open mic night here in town at Calamity Cafe and different Monarch Cafe, different places. But he knows hundreds of songs, and he and Mike traded songs. And it was like 6 in the morning. They were still trading full songs. I mean, I heard them. You know, I was trying to sleep, and but it was beautiful. Like, people were still <laughs> up and laughing and listening to these guys just really, you know, it, it was like a big wave, I would say, that, that people – it had been pent up, right? I mean, people, even if they were playing at the house, there's nothing like playing out with people in that just sort of spiritual exchange of music is just really beautiful. And I don't think you can uh, substitute it 
Would you say that, Tad? I think live music is something I, I can you can't substitute. I can attest to that. After I get done with one of those sessions and I'm heading home, I, I, it's like I feel healthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I drank a bunch of beer, <laughs> a bunch of music, I still feel healthier. I mean, beer and music is uh, arguably one of the best medicines out there, I would say. Absolutely. <laughs> and, hey, Paul, kind of a fun thing with the band, too, is that we have a bunch of home brewers. Oh, nice. And Warren is uh, one of the older home brewers in the state. Um, they've been doing the intergalactic out there at Lincoln County for uh, probably about 45, 45 years at least. And so, um, anyway, so Warren we, and uh, Thomas and I, we all brew. And um, anyway, we would have uh, uh, people dance. We play homebrew rag, a really old string band song, and, and people would come dance for the homebrew at our shows. And so it just kind of became a thing that was like people expected, you know, at the Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys show that you're going to dance for, for a big bottle of beer. And so it just became a really fun kind of like thing that we did as part of our shows. And we've had people, you know, like just doing every kind of dance possible, hip hop dance and dancing on top of the tables, you know, and uh, just having a super, super good time doing it. It's been, it's been a great, great cause of joy, some homebrew dancing. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, that, that sounds super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, from the CD. <laughs> Let's. Uh, yeah, we uh, and and speaking of the CD, Camden Park Queen here, uh, available from Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys. Where can people go check that album out? Where is it available now, or is it coming out soon? I I, I forgot to to mention that. Oh yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so thanks, Paul. So yeah, it's so it's on every streaming platform, and of course, uh, Bandcamp. We have a really great Bandcamp site, but on every streaming platform that you can name. Uh, we went with DistroKid, which kind of puts it all out there on everywhere. And then we also have a website, just bratcam.com. So B-R-A-T-C-A-M-B.com. And uh, I would like to give a shout out to a couple couple things. Is one to the guy who did the art is Jimbo Valentine. I call him the Hatch Show Print of Huntington. He has he's a great artist here who had done thousands of show bills for our local bands. Oh, yeah. And then he's been doing like the big backdrops oh, yeah. for uh, Tyler Childers. And then for tons of national acts now. So he's really kind of leveled up uh, to where he should be because he's a, just a beautiful person and a wonderful artist. And we're really lucky to have him uh, do our artwork. And he's been with us from the beginning there at Black Sheep. So it was really great to have him do the album. And then also we had special guests, a couple uh, guys, former Candy S Mountain Boys, uh, Jared Holly, who's uh, in a great band called Duquesne. He was our drummer, an amazing kind of soulful singer. And then Rod Elkins, who's the he plays he played guitar with us, and he plays drums for Tyler Childers. So really wow, beautiful man. to have those cats back on the record with us as well. So it truly was a family thing, like a reunion almost. Man, that sounds really really cool. Check it out there, streaming services, Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys. Dave, uh, I got a few more questions for you both here, but we're running out of time. The little Zoom timer thing popped up, and it's giving me the little warning here. What's it like being on? Uh, you know, I always like to get the other side of music. It sounds like your work with NPR, uh, Mountain Stage, all that stuff. What's it like to be on the kind of musical journalism side? Journalism major myself here as well from 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 OU. Uh, what's it like being a, a music journalist and on that side of things well you know it's i i love you know i've, I've been a, a musician since i was a little kid and so and just always around music so it just feels naturally natural to me as breathing and so 
I love, you know, just how eclectic and how fresh uh, music is. And people, it's, it's a, you know, I was saying like our band, it's like a big gumbo, right? It's a real groovy soup. And I, I love <laughs> how, to me, music is the great uniter, right? It unites all the cultures. And so you see a band like Dumpsta Funk or whoever, there's blending all these different kind of flavors of music. And that's what I love. That's what makes America, that's what makes America great. Mm-hmm. And music and art is always a great uniter. And, that, and so I love to write about that. So in my job with Mountain Stage, I write about the NPR music uh, that they clip out uh, for, the, on the, for the web for them. I, I love to just highlight these bands that really have no bounds or, or boundaries or borders and no border walls for sure. And mm-hmm. they're just making beautiful music. And so I, I love that as a writer. I always feel blessed um, to be able to do that and uh, to share great bands that inspire people to come together. Because if if this, we really need to kind of trumpet that message that we all need to come together and music always helps you do that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's food and music are great things to bring people together all the time. And beer, as we mentioned before. And beer, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, we'll get ready to wrap things up here with just two more questions. Let's get one more reminder for, for those out there. Where should they go to check out Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys? What's the best place for them to go to stay up to date? And for the both of you, what's the best place for them to stay up to date uh, with your solo stuff? Ted, if for stuff like Soul or anything maybe going out with uh, word, of mouth, word of Mouth Jazz there or anything else going on? Well, I'd like to pick up with the Word of Mouth Jazz band once things get back to some semblance of normal. And, right. But currently, um, we're trying to play any outside gigs here in Athens and I want to thank the um, merchants in Athens by the way they're doing great job of making it safe for people to come out and listen to music and, and drink beer again mm-hmm. I, I they're following this, all the regulations they're making everybody wear a mask and I like to, to thank them for cooperating and making an effort yeah absolutely and uh, mm-hmm. Dave, Dave, what's uh, what's like you said? One more time, what's the best place for people to go to stay up to date with uh, with Big Rock here? Yeah, so Big Rock. So we got a, a really fun uh, Facebook page, and uh, on that Facebook page, you try to like shout out some of our other projects. So if Ted's band is playing, or Mike Lozinga, or Huntington Blues Society. So uh, yeah, just so it's just Facebook, uh, and then uh, Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys, and then also just the bratcam.com. So b r a t c a m b dot com. And then I have, we have a little, my wife and I have a little travel site called Dave Trippin where we do some music and a regional travel, Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia, and just trying to get people to really appreciate local, right? Appreciate local music and local uh, food and beer and, um, and local beautiful places, you know. You know, Ohio is just full of them, and so is uh, Kentucky and West Virginia. We're, we're really lucky to live in our little corner of Appalachia. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's great to have some people out there showing how beautiful and how great Appalachia can be and, and, and how much great stuff is going on out there. But don't miss out on Camden Park Queen there by Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys here available streaming on your platform of choice. My final question for you both here. The name of the show is Groovy Soup. I ask you now, what is your favorite type of soup? <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't have any favorites the same as I don't have any favorites as far as music is concerned. I love Greek soup. Nice. I love jazz. Oh. I love rock. I love all of them. I don't have any favorite soup, but I love your show, though, very much, too. Thank you so much, Ted. I appreciate that. <laughs> what's, 
I would say chili because chili can be so many things. Uh, we, for years, uh, Ron Smith, I was a judge here at the International Chili Society's uh, Chili Fest. And uh, so chili can be like so many different things, right? So I, I love it, you know, chili yeah. verde, like Texas red, you know, right? There's just so many different versions of it. And then just like tailgate chili. So and it's one of those things you put, you can put, it blends all the different spices together too. So I, lo- I love chili. Even chili. though the next morning, me, so... <laughs> I feel that, but guy, but uh, big rock in the candy ass mountain boys. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Paul, you. we really appreciate it. And we appreciate what you're doing to shine light on uh, Ohio music and all the great music in our region, man. It, it means a lot. And especially these days, it's great to like, just tell people what's happening out there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. we appreciate the community too in Athens. Up next, more new music. Keep it here. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup. Paul Holden here hanging with you all tonight. Our next band is a duo of young musicians who have multiple albums and tours under their belt all before the age of 19. Here's a track from Iconolis called A Red Red River.
That was Iconolis with their track, A Red Red River. This Columbus duo just released their latest album two weeks ago, titled Fell Walkers. I was joined by the group to talk about their process, new tunes, and being young musicians. Listen in. Today, we got a dynamic duo joining us today. We got Iconolis out of Columbus here. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. It's great to be here. I feel a little underdressed here. We got suit, we got ties going on. We got collared shirts going on. I feel like you, you guys are ready to rock here for uh, the, the interview. But uh, guys, I have every interview start off with having our band introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Of course. Well, I am Marcus Hill. This is Matthew Kataka. Yeah, he, I take up guitar duties and singing. And I kind of listen. This man is all about the percussion and carrying the drums. Yeah. And if you ever listen to the tracks, you'll notice that he's practically breaking the drums at all times. He drums so hard. It's amazing. Um, our goal at the end of the day is kind of just to create something completely new, right? Mm-hmm. To take that sort of rock and roll formula that people have been running with for so long and invent something. Yeah, we want to make something people have. So I, I, uh, can we have you both scoot just a little bit closer to if you can, just a little <laughs> yeah. bit closer, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so let's start. How did you guys meet? How did you guys come together? How did you guys start playing tunes together? Well, we met in sixth grade. We went to the we went to the same middle school, and we were in the same classes. And um, after that, we just kind of started talking about like we started hanging out, and then we just kind of like started talking about uh, like music because we found that we liked a lot of the same music. And then and then after a while, like we both enjoyed playing music. Like we were in our band classes in middle school, and we just kind of started playing together. Just trying to make stuff happen. Hey, you know, interestingly enough, this guy is actually the one who got me into a couple of my favorite bands of all time now. Back in the day, bands like Rush, who's a huge one for us, or even even Zeppelin, mm-hmm. I wasn't big fans of. And thanks to Matthew, it's changed this the guy, world. This guy got me in the Sabbath. Nice. Yeah, sure. Also a huge, huge influence. So I was reading on your guys' website, 18 years old, or at least 18. Are you guys still 18? Uh, still 18. Still 18. So what's yep. it like for you guys, obviously, to grow up in this era? There's so much music in today's world. What's it like yeah. to go back and revisit Rush, Sabbath? What's it like to go back to them? And what do you learn from revisiting and going back to these great classic artists? Well, it, it feels, I mean, it feels completely natural, really. Mm-hmm. For a long time, for most of our lives, I mean, that music was really the only thing we gave any attention to, any focus to. Yeah. So yeah. To, to be able to sort of look at these things, it's, it's practically second nature. And thankfully, recently, the two of us have sort of garnered this incredibly open mind with music when it comes to more modern things. You know, even, even modern pop music is something mm-hmm. we've started to look at. Yeah, like when I would, when I would listen to more uh, modern music, like music released in the past like 10 or 20 years, um, like typically I would find myself like wanting more out of, out of like the production and the compositions. Like I, I wasn't a big fan of how people kind of stepped away from using like guitars and basses and drums. And so like from an earlier age, I was never really into, into like rap or pop or stuff like that. Um, it was more for like the actual instruments for me. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was something I was able to find with the older music. But as Marcus said recently, we've, um, we've definitely started to like open our minds a lot more yeah. and explore what's out there. 
And there's more than a lot of people think. There's more out there than a lot of people think. I think that's I think that's a great point to make. I think that's a, a really important thing to remember. You might, you know, if you listen to the radio or something like that, you might hear the big names, you might hear the hits, but there's so much music out there and so many people yeah. that aren't really trying to fall into just one genre, just one thing. They're trying to do something that they sure. think is the best, uh, the best thing possible. So you guys mentioned here, we're talking to iconalists, by the way, here. And yeah. uh, you, you mentioned trying to kind of break the mold a little bit, create your sound. How are you trying to do this? What have you guys been able to do? I mean, just being 18 and being able to go and travel to Chicago and Covington and Detroit multiple times. I mean, you guys are having some great success. What, what have you been doing to kind of uh, break the mold a little bit? Well, I mean, as you mentioned, there's a lot of those classic artists that we really delve into and break apart and, and a lot of these newer ones. And really, it's just a process of it's kind of circling back around to the question. It's just a process of really not wanting to be in any specific mode. We, I mean, we were discussing this actually two days ago, I think, which was kind of the incredible wealth of influences that we have. You have this new pot, modern pop music thing, and then you have your progressive rock and your classical music and folk and country and, and all this stuff, it's all over the board. So I think what we try and do is incorporate elements of just about everything and, and make them something new and cohesive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so, I mean, where do, you, where do you start with that? Is it just kind of like taking a, oh, I like this part of a song or you have a chord or something in your head and you just kind of start, you know, noodling with it and you just grow from there? What, what's step one look like for you guys? I feel like for I feel like with us it's more about just trying to to replicate like a certain tone or feeling with the music. Yeah. And so like we have an idea of of how we want like a certain riff or part of the song to sound. So then we just do what we can with our tools to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, as you know, Paul, the the world's been kind of a crazy place as of late, <laughs> and. Uh, for a while there, our writing process was really dumbed down. It went from practicing five days a week to sort of just writing stuff and sending it to each other. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mention this is because we've finally gotten back together again. And right before we got on the call, we were actually working on another new piece. Nice. And it's, it's really interesting because, yeah, there's no specific conversation of, oh, I want, you know, I want this country western twang here. I want this heavy metal thing here. It's kind of just this natural melding of sounds and there's a lot of different things that happen in this song for example mm -hmm. it goes from your parts influenced by tool to your to your black keys influenced things and just look at the the shoulders of the giants you're standing on mm -hmm. and what they did and how do you use that how do you see into the distance with that? i mean i i, I like the approach that you guys have here and i like the mindset you. that you have and and, and keeping that keeping your mind open to being able to take things in and just kind of let your creativity flow in terms of, you know, starting somewhere that isn't a rigid. Yes. I want this specific thing. Exactly. Which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important too, that both of you are able to ha are, are comfortable enough to, to kind of approach each other with ideas and just kind of work on things together. Like you said, just slowly building through the things and, and picking out the pieces that, uh, that, that you want to, uh, to add into the tunes. Let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about easy company. Your first, album there the, yeah. the, the only album what was that like what was the album creation process like for you guys what was it like to put out your first album what was it like putting it together well it was a it was definitely a weird process yeah as as Matthew mentioned we've known each other for quite a while and we started noodling around with the music idea 
Um, about two years ago. Yeah. Something like around, that. Around we were sixteen. Yeah, around two years ago, and you know when you're first starting to play and you're maybe not the best in the world, there's a couple things that first come to mind. You know, you're, you know, maybe your blues rocks or, or whatnot. And as such, a lot of those songs on Easy Company got to develop for two years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that was the final thing we came up with. Most of those songs were really old and went without changes for quite a long time because we just mm -hmm. wrote them so young. Yeah, and, like, and along with that, it's just also what we were listening to at that time because like at that age, we were listening to a lot more of um, like less of the prog influences like Tool or King Crimson or Rush or, or anything yeah. like that. It was definitely just more around like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and, um, and uh, the Black Keys. Yeah, a lot of bluesy White stuff Street, in there for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is there anything in particular about blues that was speaking to you guys uh, throughout that process or was it just what you were listening to at the time? I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it was a mix of just it being what we were listening to. And well, I guess the reason why we were listening to it is because like we were listening to bands like Led Zeppelin, which took blues and ran with it yeah. and did a lot of really interesting things with it and made a lot of new sounds with it. And that's the direction that we saw ourselves going in from, from the very start of, of our band. Excellent. Yeah, nice. We're, we're, we're talking to Iconalists here, checking up on, uh, on the album. You can check out Easy Company there. I'm assuming that's probably available on streaming services and things that is of available. the like. Yeah, yeah. So you can check out but even, yeah, no. even more importantly, um, you see, it's, it's actually quite weird because when we were recording Easy Company and we put that out, what, September 2019? September, yeah. September 27th of 2019. And it was interesting because we went into the studio by this point, we had already had a lot of material worked out for the next album, which came out two weeks ago or something. Mm -hmm. And at this point, we were like, oh, do we even record this at this point? We've already moved on to another stage. And of course, you know, in the end of the day, we decided it was important to show the growth yeah. and all that. But I think it is definitely an interesting process because we were kind of always keeping ourselves busy in that regard. And I think it does show a lot of growth from Easy mm -hmm. Company, Fellwalkers which just came out a lot more a lot more diverse influences are shown and a lot of more interesting compositional voices yeah. it's amazing how you know like you said they they might be relatively close in terms of releasing but about a year in between it seems like between the two give or take a little bit there's still a lot of growth that can happen in between in between there and like you said well, I sure think that that's a it's a great thing to to be able to to highlight it so what can people expect from from the latest release if they were to check it out what can people maybe expect to hear what maybe maybe a little bit different from the from the first album well compositionally it's it's a lot more the whole movie. yeah nice yeah, nice we're not just it's 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 not uh, just primarily just like power chords and just nothing but heavy. Um, no, like it it gets a lot more musical, and I feel like we we go places that we would not have been able to go um, with the previous yeah. album. I, nice. I'm not gonna sit here and try and throw it into a box because I'm gonna be honest with you, Paul. If you ask me what genre it is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But I think there's definitely things in there for everyone. Yeah, you have your distorted guitars and, and heavier moments and whatnot, which maybe only some people find appealing. But you've 
the blues is making another return and you have your folk elements and your psychedelic rock anybody who likes pink floyd is certainly going to like the closing track on the album mm -hmm. which is you know a long 16 minute journey wow so, yeah so i think i think there's a lot of stuff for everybody yeah like where where easy company is a little more like rough around the edges i feel as though fell walkers is a little more uh, defined. refined yeah yeah and and just more like musically mature as as the two of us have like grown and uh and gotten better at our at what we do more from iconalus next here on groovy soup groovy soup on power 105 this is groovy soup on power 105 Welcome back into Groovy Soup. One more song tonight off the latest Iconalist album, Fellwalkers. This one's called Zyzudra. An immortal man once asked me, brother, what does it mean to feel the bliss of losing yourself within a dream of finding one another in your lover's arms? Millions of years of living, seen civilizations fall, and kings come and go. Never fell love once at all. Mindful every moment, not much more than a word. To a man who's seen the world go down so long before I burst Why do you say these words, dear brother? Surely you must know A man of all age must be aware of love and sorrow Long before history has passed in success All into a state in which my little soul is vexed A thousand lifetimes and many tales I wove But never felt as much outside my dark and cold was Zaya Sudra by Iconalist, and we got tons more to talk about with the group, so let's dive in. How do you put together a 16-minute song? Like, I, I was, mean, how do, you, how do you know that, like, it's going through the behind... I mean, obviously, I know jamming out, you can record stuff, but then when you're going yeah. through the editing, behind-the-scenes process, the mastering, how do you come together to, form a, or to create a 16-minute song? That's, that is yeah. something. It was definitely an undertaking, man. On, on Easy Company, there's a track called William the Lion, right? That's the closing track. Clock, clock's in in about eight and a half minutes. And around the time we were writing for Fellwalkers, I was starting to really get into the progressive rock stuff, you know, the long pieces. And I'm going to be honest, the way that this track started was a little arbitrary. I was thinking, all right, I just want to write a song that uh, clocks in in over 10 minutes. We're just going to do that. We're going to see how that goes. And then from there, the song kind of spiraled out compositionally. And I think something that definitely made the song a lot easier is we focus on this sort of meditative, transcendental aspect. So there's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of 
I think it's a good song to lay down and close your eyes to as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing because I, I'm so fascinated. It, it takes so much work to go into a three and a half minute song, let alone being able to, to, to tell that story for, for 16 minutes. But listening to your guys' influences, obviously Rush and Zeppelin, I mean, you're no strangers to the uh, extended piece and yeah. things like that. I mean, so clearly your background's there, able to help you guys uh, stay inspired and, and keep going there. But, but that's what I love. I love, I feel like in today's world, you get a lot of the a minute and 20 second songs, the 15 minute album to, you know, do the streams to stick to yeah. something like the 16 minute song is, is honestly commendable. And to stick with something like that, I think is, is really, really cool. Thank you. I, I definitely think I, I, I will say I understand the appeal of writing, you know, your very short songs because Sure, some people don't want to sit down and listen to something for 16 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I do think the ability to sort of sit back and just let the song happen to you is something that I won't call it a skill, but I think it's important to be able to do that. Yeah, and also it's just it's just happening a lot less now. Like bands like like bands don't bands aren't making music like Led Zeppelin or Rush were back in the 70s um like bands don't bands don't really do that anymore and i feel like i feel like the world's ready for stuff like that to come back yeah i think it's for a while there people really wanted that short and sweet and i love me those short simple songs you know especially you know people put out great singles i don't want to take away from people that like the single approach versus absolutely the the album creation approach but but for me i there is something about throwing on an album start to finish no skips no shuffle and just letting it breathe. So when you guys are creating an album, how do you create that flow? Do you guys have a narrative that you're trying to follow? Or is it just, here's our songs that we've created. This is the best order we think to, to, to release them in. That's, that's, that's a great question. That's an interesting question. Walkers, it's weird. Yeah, because there are a couple songs in there that we very intentionally put together. Um, for example, Zayasudra and Capra, like that was, that was very intentional. Um, like placing that, placing those two together. Uh, but with the rest of the album, um, I feel as though we just kind of we wanted to like have it have it make sense in a way uh, with how each of the songs sound, and have it have it have some sort of flow. It, the the creation of the general track listing, as a rule, as a whole, wasn't actually very intentional. You know, we we knew what we we knew we wanted what was going to start the album what was going to end it. But for the most part, I feel like the general flow was kind of a subconscious thing, mm-hmm. which I think turned out pretty well. Yeah. I don't know what you think. No, I, I think so too. And I, I think it's, I think subconscious is a great way to, to, to kind of think about that and especially think about the, the, the structure and flow of an album. You're not always going to be able to kind of know why these songs go together or know exactly yeah. why you like mm-hmm. that, why you like this, unless you're intentionally doing that long fade out into that intro of the next song, so to speak. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it's just kind of like trusting your gut a little bit and just kind of listening to things and just be like, I like this. I might not know specifically why I like this, but I like this. Yeah. I mean, that, that sort of applies to songwriting too. I mean, as much, you know, music theory as you may know, you may know everything there is to know, but sometimes something just feels right. You don't necessarily yeah. have to spice it up or put it in 13.8. Sometimes it's just good as it is. Yeah, exa- exactly. It just happens. 
Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what's, uh, that's the beauty of creativity and art. Sometimes, sometimes it just kind of happens like that as much as you put in all, all the work there, guys, a couple more questions for you here before we get ready to, to wind things down. We're talking to sure. iconalists there. You can check out on streaming services, all sorts of great tunes and including the brand new album that just came out a couple of weeks ago, fell walkers. Awesome album art, by the way. Love the album art there of, yeah. of all your stuff there. I really dig the uh, the nature themes and kind of the the painting style of that album artwork that you guys have. Thanks, man. That can be credited to our dear friend Aaron Lawrence, way over the seas in the UK. He's a great dude to work with. Oh, if anyone else wants to commission some art, Aaron's talk to Aaron. Hey, Paul. Actually, I have a question for you, real quick, if you don't. Yeah, of course, I'd love to. So you keep you know, bringing up our, our influences, our rushes and, and our yeah. Sabbaths and, and whatnot. And you clearly seem to know a lot about what you're talking about. I'm curious, what music would you generally throw on the turntable if you're just trying to relax? So it, 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 that's an interesting story. I, I, it's, I kind of bounce around a lot, but I'm definitely very much into a lot of alternative rock, a little bit of softer right. stuff. Uh, dive into some lo-fi electronic stuff if I'm really trying to relax. Definitely like uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a rap guy. I like listening to rap, but I, see, because the thing is, I'm not a musician. I, I can't play a lick on a guitar. I, I learned two drum beats this summer, actually. So I can I can officially say I can play two very basic drum beats. But, nice. um, you know, a lot of Modest Mouse. I've been getting into car seat headrest a lot okay. lately. Um, I'm trying to go back after a lot of my friends have uh, told me. I'm, I'm diving into uh, Radiohead, going into some Radiohead okay. stuff, a little bit of Montreal so a little bit more out there, not like out there, but a little bit more alternative, sometimes into that folk scene. Um, but oh, man, uh, I, I'm, I'm super big. I've been wanting actually to, to try and get into Radiohead for a while. There's sort of that mm -hmm. prog adjacent thing, and I've never really known where to start. Can you give me a starting point there? Because I would love to. I got, I got a bunch of recommendations from, from people, okay. but I'm going to look up the, the album I, I just listened to. Because, again, I'm a, I'm a Radiohead novice, but uh, – Again, going okay. back to like, it, it, uh, I listened to In Rainbows and, and really liked it, but I'm going to go probably, uh, I, I, I've heard obviously OK Computer is a really good one and yeah. uh, Hail to the Thief are all, all other ones that I would go, I, I would assume, or people told me to, to, to go for. So that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. But honestly, music kind of goes, bounces back and forth. And I try sure. listening to a lot of the, the bands that uh, we have on the show too, because I'm, I'm now, I got a whole other side project I'm working on where it's a deep dive into a lot of people uh, of focusing on the guitar. So I'm really excited to, to okay. find a bunch of great um, not just the big guitarists, but dive in and learn a whole lot more about some some really great guitarists out there as well. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of that definition of a bounce around type of guy, but I got my classics. You know, like if I'm really feeling like going a little nostalgic and wanting to go back, then I'll, I'll throw on some Blink 182 or something like that as well. Well, I mean, hey man, bouncing around is kind of the best thing to do. Yeah. Well, you exactly. Get the taste of everything. Yeah, and so. with so much music available and it, with music kind of so easily available nowadays, then why not bounce around and try and learn a whole yeah, bunch exactly. of stuff? Because I just felt like for a while I was in a music rut and I just kept going back to some of my, my usual albums. So I'm trying to reach out to people and be like, hey, what did I miss? And uh, one of my roommates coming in, he's a big, uh, he's a big, a big dead guy. So I'm going to have to uh, you know, check in and, and dive in and go and get my, uh, my dead credentials going. I, I love the dead, man. I actually saw a dead in company about two or three years ago. 
Nice. I think I saw them live. I, I love them. They're yeah. wonderful. My buddy, like he, he, we lived in Chicago a couple of years ago or last year, went to both shows at Wrigley field. He's a big, big time deadhead. So nice, um, very, very excited to, to dive into that. But thanks for asking, man. That's the first time I've gotten to dive in. But um, well, before we go here, a couple, one more question I wanted to ask. Being sure. 18, being a little bit on the younger side, what's it like to tour? get on stage and, and step up in front of these people in places like Chicago. What's it like being 18 years old and, and seeing some success uh, on the music side? Well, I will say I definitely miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, obviously, yeah. of course, with, with the world today. It's, it's really cool because we generally don't leave home super often. You know, mm. we, we spend a lot of time cooped up in this particular basement, actually. <laughs> So getting out on the road and seeing all these places and playing with other people, it's a really special experience. It's, it's incredible. And I mean, on stage is absolutely where I feel that I'm at my peak. Um, just like being in front of a crowd and pouring my heart out on the drums while Marcus is just going insane on the guitar. Um, there's nothing like it. There's, there's absolutely nothing else like it. And it really does open up some great opportunities, too. I mean, back in January, we opened up for Green Jello, which was a really crazy experience. Right. And I, I think it's great. Um, you're going to get into the dead soon, so mm -hmm. you'll, you'll maybe learn a little more about the general. But something that we really love is improvisation. Right. So that's also a thing, we, a big undertaking we take when we go on the stage. Yeah. So I think it, it lends a lot to the element of live music because – it's never the same. Right. The and, audience doesn't yeah. know we're going to play yeah. any more than we, we do. Yeah. We go up, cool. Yeah. Like we'll go up on stage and we don't have a set list. We just decide what we're going to start with and how we're going to end. And we just let, let the music. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes not even that. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. We like to, we like to just let things move on their own. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. To, to, that's, that just shows you guys' confidence. And I can tell just by our conversation here and the way, you know, you guys are wearing, you know, ties and stuff over here. You guys got confidence in what you do here, which I, which I love. And to just go up there and know, be like, hey, we're just going to kind of let this show go where it goes. And so I'm assuming it takes a lot of kind of listening and watching and reacting to the crowd then to kind of know where you're going to steer, steer the set. Yeah, of course. Of course. Because since you're not just relying on a set piece of music, you have to see, okay, where did the crowd really feel this? Where did they feel that? Did they like that 20-minute jam section? Yeah. Or did they or do we need to dial it back? Yeah. Do we right. need to play a song straight? What do we do? Yeah. And, nice. of course, there's a lot of watching each other. Mm -hmm. You know, as, this isn't actually something we've ever been able to show off live, but because of the practice we've been having recently, we, we, we jammed yesterday. We improvised yesterday down here, and we were improvising through um, – through odd time signatures, there was a part where we settled down in, in 10 8, yeah, without saying anything. So that's going to be some cool stuff to show off live, too. And it just requires a lot of watching and listening. I think, so, I think it's very cool. So once, once, once music is back up and running, you can't miss Iconolis because you never know what you might get. You might like their jams online. We don't even know. know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I love that approach and I love the confidence you guys have. But Iconolis, I got two more questions for you here to finish off here. Make yes. sure you check them out on Groovy Soup. Uh, you can check them out on streaming services as well. Uh, what's the best place for people to go to stay up to date with all things Iconolis? Where should they go to, to, to find the tunes, to find everywhere, to, to find the updates? I would say Instagram. Instagram. That's our, probably our most active and our most followed 
media that we also do our updates on facebook we have facebook we're on reddit we have a youtube channel yeah the whole nine yards the usual so the usual socials as i stumble over my words my last question for you guys here the name of the show is groovy soup i ask you now what is your favorite type of soup oh man well classic chicken noodle see that's the most popular answer but i can't knock it because chicken noodle is delicious that's that's true i uh that, I think that's a pretty good answer. That's a yeah. pretty, pretty understandable answer. Absolutely. You know, I'm not, I'm not much of a, a soup guy myself, aside mm-hmm. from the musical soups. Yeah. Go, right. Sonically, um, but I don't know, man. I, I might have to concur here. I might have to concur on you that. I'll take a step back. I'm not going to make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Iconalists, thank you guys so much for your time. You can check them out, like yeah. I said, on streaming services everywhere. And if you're ever everywhere. in Columbus, you can check them out there as well. Fell Walkers, I got that right. I hope Fell Walkers, the latest yes, album uh, available on streaming services as well. But you both, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you for having us, Paul. It's been great, man. That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Big Rock and the Candy Ass Mountain Boys and Iconalists for joining the show tonight. Be sure to follow along with the bands on their social media pages. And if you or your band is interested in the show, email me at pholden at wxdq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxdq.com. Check out every episode of Groovy Soup online on streaming services. And until next week, I'm Paul Holden signing off.